One door closes, will another one open? That is the question on the Locked On Buckeyes podcast. Darnay Holmes is off to the NFL after looking like a possibility of a grad transfer to Ohio State. We'll discuss that situation. What is in store for Ohio State in the defensive secondary? Also, Quincy Roche, more on his situation as he is transferring from Temple. We'll talk about the recruiting, prospectus for Ohio State for next year, and Ohio State basketball. Can they get off the schneid against Maryland on the road Tuesday evening? We'll preview that game here coming up on Locked on Buckeyes, your daily Ohio State football and basketball podcast. Please catch us on the podcasting platform of your choice. We're on a whole number of places, including Apple or iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or simply say, play the Locked on Buckeyes podcast on your smart speakers. Catch me on Twitter. Catch the show at Locked on Buckeye. All right, let's get down to brass tacks. The wheels in the recruiting sky keep on turning, turning, turning. First of all, on Locked on Buckeyes, the other day we were talking about Darnay Holmes. Easy come, easy go as far as podcast fodder. Holmes is out. You may have seen the news on Monday on the Twitter and the interwebs that Darnay Holmes has indeed declared for the NFL draft. I mentioned on Monday's edition of the Locked on Buckeyes podcast that Holmes had been given feedback and it wasn't quite up to what he was hoping for or expecting as far as his NFL prospects. But lo and behold, for those of you that were for some reason worried about how the clubhouse culture, the locker room culture, um, how it might cause dysfunction, well, you get your wish. Darnay Holmes will not be in the transfer portal. He will not be at Ohio State next year. There was some legitimacy to that possibility, by the way. I'm hearing that the, you know the, he reached out to some back channels to kind of gather some more information. And remember, he was in the same draft class or the same recruiting class as Sean Wade, Jeffrey Okuda. He was recruited by Kerry Coombs. So there was some possibility there had he elected to return. But despite the feedback... Darnay Holmes is heading off to the NFL, so he will not be the cornerback opposite Sean Wade for the Buckeyes defense next year, which is fine. Ohio State is not losing any sleep over that. I'm sure they would have loved to land him. I'm sure if he had decided to go into the portal, they would have absolutely taken a look at this situation, but it's not to be. Darnay Holmes will be in the NFL, which means we, we do a reset and we go back to where we were a few days ago. On Saturday, when Sean Wade announced that he was returning to Ohio State, so you have Wade will be the alpha corner. Opposite him will be either Cam Brown, Amir Reap, Seven Banks, Tyreek Johnson, probably one of those four. My money, as I've stated before, is on Cam Brown. I completely am open to any of those four possibly winning the job. But if, if you put a gun to my head, I'm going to say it's Cam Brown. I think he's got the biggest upside right now. Uh, Maybe Tyreek Johnson has the biggest upside, but I think Cam Brown, obviously having more experience, I think he's a little bit closer. But that'll be an interesting competition. The good news for those four is since Darnay Holmes is not going to be involved, we know there will be probably two positions because Ohio State is planning as of right now to keep that slot corner. So with Josh Proctor most likely settling in at the safety position, 
Out of those other four guys that I mentioned, two of them are likely to get starts. When you factor in the rotation, especially if Kerry Coombs is the coach at Ohio State, remember he likes to rotate the defensive backfield. And then you add in a nickel back occasionally when you have a five defensive backs on the field. There's going to be plenty of playing time for all those guys. So let's just say for argument's sake that uh, Cam Brown is, is the second corner, Amir Reap is the slot corner, uh, then Seven Banks and Tyreek Johnson still have opportunities to get on the field. So I think that's going to play itself out. Ohio State has options. They have depth. That's what you like to see. Uh, the other guy that we mentioned on Monday on the podcast, Quincy Roche. He is a grad transfer, big-time pass rusher from Temple University. He's not just a pass rusher, by the way, despite his size. He was actually a very, very effective run stopper. I know there are some people kind of worried about that size issue. I don't think it's that big of a deal. Look, Clemson has a small defensive end. Penn State had a small defensive end the same size as Roche this year. Michigan had a defensive end that was actually smaller than Roche. I think ideally you'd like to bulk him up and add 10, 15 pounds on his frame, but I am not concerned if, in fact, Roche were at Ohio State. I'm not worried about that. You can move him around. You can do things. If you're really worried about him being pushed around by a bigger offensive line, there are ways to avoid that possibility. So not concerned. Now, as far as Roche himself, he said on Twitter Sunday night that he was going to be making his decision by the end of the week. I don't know how involved Ohio State is. I just know that they are involved. Now, there are a lot of factors here. And to be honest, Roche is playing it kind of close to the vest. He has pretty much his pick of almost anywhere in the country he would like to go. You name it, he's been, uh, the big boys have reached out, USC, Texas, Florida State, Florida, Georgia Tech, North Carolina, Miami, uh, Penn State, Ohio State. The list goes on and on and on. It's a big list. Um, so he can go pretty much wherever he wants. Now, if you want to look at this just from a big picture perspective, if you want to look at it a little bit selfishly, he did say when he announced he was going pro, that he's doing this because he wants to prepare himself for the next level. He wants to take another step in his development. Now, I know what you're thinking. If you're an Ohio State fan, you're saying, well, Larry Johnson, I mean, look, look what Ohio State has put out into the NFL. They're about to have the number two overall player taken in this draft. They have Nick and Joey Bosa out there. Sam Hubbard had a monster season for the Bengals. Uh, Lewis and Holmes. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. There are so many guys that have had success. So yes, if you are an objective third-party viewer of the situation, well, yeah, it, it makes sense that, well, why not Ohio State, right? Why wouldn't he want to go to Larry Johnson? You got to remember, though, sometimes perception is reality. So it's really important how Roche perceives the situation. He may think that North Carolina or Florida or Florida State or some other program can better develop him. I know Miami has been mentioned. By the way, that would be an amazing duo right there, Russo and Roche down there on the ends for Miami. I don't know if you noticed because Miami didn't have a good year and he didn't play every single game, but Russo really came on strong and just was an absolute monster defensive end as a sophomore for, for the Canes. Uh, but Miami is a train wreck right now overall, and I don't know if Roche wants to go into that situation or not, but seeing those two as bookends, that would be an impressive defense to watch. I'm not sure their offense is going to score points if that were to happen. Uh, North Carolina is getting the most buzz right now, but I kind of feel like 
people are just guessing. He hasn't really stated, uh, he hasn't given a list. He hasn't really said exactly what he's looking for other than to be developed. So we can't really go off much. I don't know if Ohio State has a real chance to land him. All I know is it just makes sense. If you look at the Larry Johnson factor, developing him for the NFL, that seems like a no-brainer. But again, he may not perceive it that way. He may perceive Penn State or North Carolina or some other program that will get him better ready for the NFL. So you just know, never know. You can't make the assumption he's going to see it that way. But he has said on Twitter, Quincy Roche, defensive end from Temple, he'll be a grad transfer. He has said he will make a decision sometime later this week. All I can tell you is Ohio State has had contact. He and Larry Johnson follow each other for whatever that's worth on Twitter. I don't know if that means anything. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. In this case, it, it may not mean a thing, but uh, there is contact and at least they're involved. I don't know how involved. I don't know how good of a chance. I can't tell you that they're going to land him, but we'll we'll wait and see. I do know that Ohio State is in really good uh, position at that position, regardless of whether they land him. It goes without saying, Jonathan Cooper will be back, of course, after redshirting this year. Zach Harrison, Tyreek Smith, Tyler Friday, You've got Cade Stover coming in, probably playing defensive end. Uh, Javante Jean-Baptiste. The list goes on. Ohio State has no shortage of guys. The appeal to landing somebody like Roche would simply be, well, he is a proven guy. He had 13 sacks this year. He had 40-some quarterback hurries. He's a guy that has proven himself. He was the defensive player of the year in the American Athletic Conference. We'll see what happens. It's looking like that there is a really, really big fight for him. Could be at any number of schools. I don't know who it's going to be. But we do know that he is iffy right now, supposed to make a decision later this week. Darnay Holmes, meanwhile, is out. Will not land at Ohio State. He is off to the NFL. I, I'm Look, I'm looking at this roster, and even if they lose out on Roche as well, and they're not clearly not going to land Holmes, Ohio State will, will do their due diligence here. They're going to look for another cornerback in this recruiting class. Uh, they've got a chance at Jameer Gibbs, as I mentioned yesterday, possibility at running back to add to that arsenal. I think Teague and Crowley, if healthy, are going to be really good next year regardless. You'd like to have that, the lightning and the thunder and lightning combo, and, and Gibbs is definitely that kind of playmaker. Uh, when you look at the line that's back and, and fields for another season, and hit, and I really think he'll take another step in his development. All those receivers, it's it's just ridiculous. I, I mentioned this: Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, Jamison Williams, uh, C.J. Saunders possibly back for another season. Then you add in all the freshmen. It, it, it's a ridiculous amount of talent at that position. I've never seen a wide receiver group this insanely talented at Ohio State. I, I you know, I, I'm not being a prisoner of the moment here. Uh, you know, I'm not suffering from recency bias. I think I'm being objective when I say I really have not seen this many upper echelon top tier receivers at Ohio State. So the offense is going to be really good. They're going to score a lot of points. The defense is going to be really good. They're going to prevent a lot of points. But I do think that a, a Roche or maybe a couple guys on the existing roster standing up, stepping up, could really change the complexion of this defense and take it from a potential four, top four or five team next year and playoff team to the potential maybe best team in the country again. I still think that they were the best team in the country this year. That's not sour grapes. I just, when I reflect on this season, 
and look back at what they accomplished and how well they played, I think Ohio State was the best team in the country. It, does, it doesn't matter. Clemson and LSU are playing for the national championship. To some people, that is all that counts. I understand that. I'm not trying to argue with that. Unfortunately for Ohio State, the season did get cut short. But please don't mope. Don't gripe. Don't grumble. Just enjoy the fact that Ohio State really was a great team this year. I don't think anybody should have any regrets about this. Enjoy it. It was a great season, and I think Ohio State is shaping up to be a really, really good team again next year with or without a Quincy Roche. Coming up next, Ohio State back on the road, back in action in basketball against Maryland on Tuesday. I'll tell you what I'm looking for in that game as the Buckeyes try to regroup. Maryland basketball has finally regrouped from their own two-game losing streak like Ohio State. Theirs coming earlier this month, Penn State and Seton Hall both on the road. They have regrouped. They're on a two-game win streak coming into this game, including uh, a game against Indiana where they looked really, really good against the Hoosiers. Now, I know what you're thinking. Hopefully, it's Ohio State's turn. Look, everywhere in college basketball, everywhere you look, teams are going through two-game losing streaks, losing two out of three, three out of four. It's happened to Michigan. It's happened to Louisville. It's happened to Ohio State, Maryland. Almost everybody has gone through this. Michigan State is actually playing really well right now, but that's after starting the season really slowly. Duke has regrouped a little bit, although they have an injury to Wendell Moore. They're still sitting there with one, albeit perplexing, loss on the season. Gonzaga only having one loss, but they've had a lot of close calls, especially in the West Coast Conference, even against Pepperdine the other day, they had a narrow escape against the against the Wave uh, out there against in Los Angeles. So it's been a, a fascinating college basketball season. But Maryland is playing better the last couple games after that two-game losing streak. Ohio State's got to figure things out. They've got to, as I've been saying, they've got to pass the ball better. Shooting, it's going to be up and down. It always is. You can never count on shooting every single game you're going to have droughts. That's just uh, that's just part of basketball. Um, I do think Ohio State needs to work on their end-of-game execution, and this is something that was pointed out in previews on Monday at Ohio State basketball interviews. C.J. Walker mentioned they've been working extra hard on those last five-minute situations, and it, it shows that they need it. They really have been kind of a disappointment in set plays, and that's really been the case for the last couple of years. I don't think that's an indictment on Chris Holtman, but I do think it is uh, an indictment on the personnel that they have had there. But this year should be better. Look, I know some of you are not high on C.J. Walker. I am. I think he is a very cerebral point guard. I know he's not the most talented guy in the world, but he is somebody that I feel comfortable with having the ball in in late game situations. Carton will eventually be there as well. But he is a true freshman, so you have to expect him to be up and down and up and down. And he had one of his worst down games against Wisconsin. Zero points, one assist, uh, what, three or four turnovers? I think it was four turnovers. I mean, he just was not very good against Wisconsin. But that's that's a freshman. That's why it's, it's good to have experience. It's good to have talent, guys that have been through the wars of college basketball before. And that's... That's why you're seeing a lot of Kentucky teams and Duke teams fail to live up to expectations sometimes, especially in the tournament. The tournament especially because it really is 
kind of a flip of the coin. There's a lot of flukiness, a randomness. It's a one-game situation where you you, lose, you have one bad game and you're eliminated. That kind of stuff happens in the NCAA tournament. So it's even more pronounced when you have a young team and an inexperienced team. Ohio State is not completely young. They're not completely inexperienced. But they do have a lot of guys on their roster that have not been through a lot of these battles before. And Ohio State is going through such a tough schedule. Remember that. They have one of the toughest schedules in the country. you, you got to keep that in mind when you have a lot of parity in college basketball and you're going through a slump and you're already in a really brutal schedule, you're going to have some games that just don't look good. I still think Ohio State will be there in March. I really believe that. But this Maryland game, look, this Maryland team, they're really interesting because when you watch them play, when ignore the stats, ignore the scores, just watch them play. You see amazing athleticism. You see talent all across the floor, all five positions. They have guys that look like NBA guys, both in the front court and in the back court. Anthony Cowan Jr. is their best player. He's their point guard. He's a good shooter, good facilitator. Jalen Smith, a great front court player. Aaron Wiggins on the wing. Eric Ayala is a good shooter. Uh, They have guys at every position. This is a tough team to face. When you watch them play, it really seems like it's going to be a tough team to play, a tough team to face when you watch them in spurts. But then when you watch them for entire games and then you look at the stats and and the box score and you look back, it's like, that really wasn't that impressive. And so their talent and their athleticism has not quite matched or, or rather, their production has not matched the talent and athleticism. So this is an interesting game, interesting game for Ohio State. I think they have a chance to write things on the road, and it's important that they do because you don't want to go into this game with a chance of losing this one and then losing this weekend to Indiana and all of a sudden having a four-game losing streak. So I expect a really close game on Tuesday. I think Ohio State has a chance against this team. I think these are two of the three or four best teams in the Big Ten for sure. Uh, but Ohio State has got to get turn, turn things around. They have to eliminate the turnovers. And as C.J. Walker said, they've got to continue to work on those late-game situations because they have not executed in set plays out of timeouts, out of media timeouts, coming in you know, to start a half, uh, and late games in situations where they're looking for a play to bail them out rather than just making a play with talent. You you need to execute better in those late game situations. And I think that has been, been a big deal in losing these last two games. Not that it was the only deal because they were already turning the ball over. They were already not shooting well, but it was pronounced in the last five minutes of each of these last two games where they just didn't execute down the stretch. And they were throwing the ball away, giving possessions away. So that has got to change. Ohio State, Maryland coming up Tuesday evening as the basketball Buckeyes ranked number 11 now in the newest AP poll. Look to uh, rebound, no pun intended. They're they're actually rebounding well. Kyle Young, though, is uh, a game-time decision. He's day-to-day right now. It doesn't sound like he's going to play tomorrow. Of course, he missed the Wisconsin game following the appendectomy. It looks like he will be out probably for this game as well. They haven't said that for sure, but it does seem that way. And then I'm guessing he's probably a game-time decision for Indiana coming up this weekend. So without Young, it's another game where Caleb Wesson got to stay out of foul trouble, got to stay on the floor, and they need E.J. Lydell to play big, no pun intended, without that depth coming up. So Ohio State-Maryland, 
another big time top 25 clash. Every game in the Big Ten from here on out, pretty much, is going to be a brutal battle. So we'll see how Ohio State handles it. We'll talk more about Ohio State basketball on the Wednesday show, how they did against the Terrapins, and of course, more Ohio State football and recruiting talk coming up all this week on Locked on Buckeyes. That's going to do it for us. Please tell a friend and family member, spread the good word about the Locked on Buckeyes podcast, your daily Ohio State football and basketball podcast. We're on Apple, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, etc., etc. All of your favorite podcasting platforms. Check me out at KYLAM8. Catch the show at Locked on Buckeye. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back on Wednesday.